would have to say my confessions part one and <laughs> part two. <laughs> they no, you got it bad. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. Uh, welcome to this dysfunction. Uh, I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. We're located off of Highway 316. If you're local, check us out. Our Sunday service is at 1030. If you're not local but looking for a good Bible teaching church, uh, that you can attend online, uh, remotely, uh, calvary316.live is our live stream again, Sunday morning at 1030 YouTube, um, as well as on facebook.com slash calvary316. You can learn all about the church by going to our church website, calvary316.com. Uh, if you are new to the show, um, I just want to very quickly uh, tell you how this show operates. Uh, we have a producer named Creighton. I'll introduce him in a second. He'll introduce a topic. It's then my job to turn that topic into a Bible study. I'm joined by some friends. You heard their voices a few seconds ago uh, that will help me in that endeavor, turning whatever topic it is into a Bible study. Uh, we basically have a good time, have a Jesus-centered conversation, and, uh, and then you can interact. So this is a podcast that gets released on Thursdays. You are watching uh, the live stream recording of such podcast. Uh, that allows us to interact with the audience and the audience to interact with us. So join our conversation. Uh, we're going to have a Bible study tonight. Uh, and so we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts, your feedbacks. Uh, drop us a note. Um, you can do so on both of the video feeds. Again, uh, we are streaming presently right now on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash the radio outlaw, easiest way to find it, uh, or our YouTube channel, which is outlawradio.live. Uh, you can find all of the links to that at outlawradio.org. Again, I just bombarded you with a bunch of websites. I apologize for that. Um, what's fun is, and kind of the wrinkle into how this works, there's a lot of Bible study podcasts, but this is unscripted. I have no idea what tonight will be about. Uh, these fellas have no idea. Creighton is the only one that knows what tonight's topic will be about. Um, and so as the audience, we're going to kind of get into this crazy adventure uh, together. Uh, let me introduce the man that needs no introduction, Dick Dastardly, a.k.a. Uh, Creighton Vaughn, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Hello, everyone. I'm Creighton, and I know things. And you know things. So again, I kind of <laughs> recapped the right way, um, uh, how to get onto the live stream. I nailed that. Can you tell people how to find the podcast? Yes. Um, Outlawradio.live. It is on, um, so that takes you to a website, it has our stuff. Um, easiest way is to search on Google, Google Podcasts, uh, Whatever the Apple thing is now. I think it's just called Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Apple Music, Apple iTunes, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Um, and then Spotify. We're on all three. Search Outlaw Radio, or if you're feeling feisty, search Get Fed Today. Um, those are both really great podcasts. Um, you search them up, they will come up, and you can subscribe to them there. Um, if and then as far using... as like submitting topics and questions and stuff for the, for the show, again, this all kind of flows through you, so they can reach you how? Uh, you can reach me at my personal email address, which is CreightonVaughn at gmail.com. Um, I will put that in the comments because my name is hard to spell. Um, yeah. And if you are using one of the like smaller podcasting apps, uh, I think that Pocket Cast is one of the bigger, smaller ones, uh, and you're not seeing our podcast, shoot me an email, let me know, and I'll get it ported over there. I don't know Absolutely. exactly how they Great. work. Most of them pull off of Apple, so they should all... Um, be on there, but if they're not, let me know, and we can get that fixed. Um, also joined in studio by uh, a group, a Motley crew, uh, working our way right to left. We've got Nicholas Motti. How you doing, Nick? You oh. weren't with us last week. No. You had uh, a sick loved one, uh, yeah. a cat. It's a cat. 
but <laughs> but it's your loved one. It's it's your loved one. It's your firstborn, and uh, your wife loves that cat more than maybe she loves you. Yeah, she Definitely. tells me all the time if we're off a, if we're falling off a cliff, it's the cat. That it's she's the saying. cat. It's the cat. Yeah. I think your cat has the best name though. In all seriousness, I'm not I'm not a big cat fan. I'm more of a dog. But your cat has I think the best name. You want to share what the name of the Roman? Roman. And why did your wife name the cat Roman? Uh, her favorite verse in the Bible is Romans eight twenty eight, yeah. which is sweet. Like yep. so, she she named her cat after a book okay. of the Bible. I thought yep. that that I've always thought that was sweet. We also uh, <laughs> deal, Daddy Derek. <laughs> so if you were listening at the very beginning of the show and things were a little nuts, uh, it's because Derek is is rocking a old school Usher T shirt. Deal, yeah, my way, baby. That's it's my. That actually says my way. Yeah, it's my way. Let and that's like eighteen year old Usher. Yeah. It's seven o'clock Young on the dot. I'm in my drop top cruising these streets. That's right. So mm-hmm. we've got we've got Minimum. to throw. Where did you get that? Have you owned it for years? Uh, Kelly actually got this for me. So it was one that I had a long time ago. It was gotten rid of, and uh, now it has made its way back. Your wife was like, "I need my husband in an yeah, usher." I'm in my t-shirt. drop top cruising these streets, bro. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? That's great. We're also joined. Also joined again, working right to left. Spice Daddy, how you doing, brother? Good. Doing great. There you go. The man, you're rocking a, a cool hat. I like it. The the Thanks. the noon hat. Yeah, I like to switch up the patch every once in a while. Awesome. And then Kyle Parkin. What's up? What's up? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so today, uh, before we get into the topic, Creighton, uh, I, I do want to kind of start on a bit of a kind of a more serious note. It's it's been interesting this year how um, some of the episodes have fallen on on dates. You know the um, the very first episode of the year. Uh, landed on January 4th. And so if, you, if you've watched the episode, if you listen to it, you know that January 4th of last year, um, of 2022, was the day that um, I got out of bed, realized something was terribly wrong, my fingers and toes were blue, and my wife called 911. It was, I remember the, the, the trip to the emergency room, and the next thing I know, again, on January 4th, it's the end of February. Um, total storm, I had no idea was coming, uh, found myself wrapped up in my family did uh again first episode so we took some time i talked about trauma since then it's very been been pretty cool i kind of full disclosure and again i had a bad cough i don't know if you guys remember on january 4th i had a cough um i, I wasn't feeling well and For i was record, dealing you mean the most recent january 4th the most not recent the cough you had last january that 4th. one <laughs> ended up very poorly uh but this one and, and i did kind of you guys kind of indulged me i did a little bit about kind of talk about trauma and some PTSD and, uh, and you know, I just again, for full disclosure, I think I was kind of coming into that episode a little blue, uh, a little depressed, a little uh, anxious. Um, I was dealing with some trauma. I was dealing just the whole Christmas season uh, myself, my wife. Um, sadly, the, when a, when a couple's going through that, that kind of overflows to the children um, just again, not bad, but just, just fell off. Um, was kind of bummed out about it, but something happened, I think after that episode, um, and then, and then in particular that Sunday morning that, um, my trauma, my anxiety, that, that pseudo depression, I will even say like the Lord just met me and, and it's been like wave after wave of just his abundant grace. And, um, you know, and really what I was kind of, I was, I was bracing myself for a few months of that kind of awkwardness, um, thinking that, you know, I'd have to kind of get through all of it, you know, get through March, you know, 
uh, to reach the other side. But man, God has really met me, and I've just been filled the last several weeks with just this vest for life, a thankfulness to be alive, uh, to be here for my kids. I've been doing things like I've been going to Quincy's basketball games and Theo's games, and uh, we've started baseball. and And I was driving with Quincy. Uh, to his first baseball practice. And I told him, I said, I looked at him, I said, son, this is exactly what we were supposed to be doing last year. Like, this was the plan. I was going to be helping with your team. We were going to be going to practices and winder. This is exactly what it was supposed to be. And I missed it all. Um, was it my plan? I didn't mean to, but I just missed it all. And yet, and yet I kind of feel like I'm, I've been given a do-over. And I'm kind of like reliving a whole part of life that I missed. And, and I've, I've enjoyed every moment of it, going to some of the basketball games and just being around. It's been, it's been a lot of fun today. You know, again, for whatever reason, here we are Wednesday night and it is February 1st. And that is the next date in my story that is significant. Um, again, I'm totally asleep for all of this. You know, it's not like it was heavy on me because I'm oblivious, but February 1st was the day where um, they had done an, a whole nother scan. They were trying to get me off of sedation. I was in a coma, medically induced coma, but I was off of all of the medicine and I'm still in a coma. And so they had did a full scan. They wanted to make sure I had brain, see if I had brain activity. And as a result of that scan, the doctor came in and told Jessica that they were downgrading me and that she needed to go ahead and get um, our affairs in order. Um, it was a nice way of saying, we don't think your husband's going to make it and that he's going to die and you need to go ahead and get, get, you need to prepare yourself for this kind of inevitability. There's nothing about his situation that we feel, um, that we're encouraged by. Like, it's the change from treatment to end of life care. Exactly. I mean, I'm fully vented hundred percent O2 and my oxygen levels at 55. There's nothing more they can do. My lungs are not taking air. Um, I, I'm in a bad spot. Again, I'm oblivious to all this, and, and Jessica gets this terrible news, you know, and she has to check it, you know, but God, and she has to place her faith. My mom gets this bad news, and she weeps. Um, my mom was 10 years old when her daddy died uh, on February 1st. Um, so my, my grandfather, when my mom was 10 years old, same age as my son Quincy, uh, she lost her father. And so my grandmother took it hard. Like it was February 1st was already this emotionally charged day. And so for like my grandmother, she was like the same age as Jessica when she was widowed and she had three kids, three young kids. Um, so she's on her knees praying cause she doesn't want to see, you know, her granddaughter-in-law, you know, go through the same experience or her great, her, her great grandchildren go through it. My mom was going through the same thing. It was just a heavy day. It was, it was the darkest day in my entire saga. Again, I'm oblivious to it. I'm, I'm in la-la land. Who knows what, what dreams I'm having um, at this point. Uh, things were so dire, though, that, that, you know, on February 3rd, you know, they broke protocol and let my siblings, let uh, Nick, and Matt, uh, Nick and Natalie, Natalie and Mac, excuse me, um, they let them into the, uh, the ICU to say goodbye. And, and that's when... Out of nowhere, I went from an oxygen level of 55 to 98 and a half. My lungs took air and I woke up and I freaked everybody out. And, and so I kind of bring this up that we're at this point where um, <clears throat> February 1st was a really ominous, dark day. Like everything seemed like it was stacked against us. Everything seemed like there was um, like we were out of options. And, you know, I was listening to this Bible study the other day about miracles. And people, people often say, you know, I want to just see, I want to see a miracle. If only I could see a miracle and be very careful asking for miracles. 
Because miracles necessitate you being in a absolutely desperate place, so desperate there is no actual remedy to your situation but the intervention of the divine. You know, you ask, I want to see a miracle, you need to consider what need a miracle will necessitate. And for my family, you know, we found ourselves in a situation where there was no other options but the direct intervention of God. And yet, a few days later, God intervened. And he touched my body, and he breathed life into me. And here I am a year later, um, almost completely fully recovered. Um, and, and it's an amazing story that I've just kind of been a part of. You know, I've been, I've been rolling with it. Um, I, I bring this up for, for anyone that might be in the middle of a trial. Um, and you might be at a point where you're out of options. And it looks as though everything is stacked against you. And you're out of, you're, 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 you're about at the point of hopeless. Believe in God. Place your hope in Jesus. Because it's in those moments of complete despair where there's no other remedies that you're set up for an intervention of God. And, uh, and I say that to encourage you. Now, I know that not, not every person that, that finds themselves in such a situation, hey, I, I would have been healed one way or the other, whether it was the, the fact that I was called home or not. And I think my family was prepared for that. They, they had handed it over to the Lord, but they were still at a place where God intervened and, and, and shown his light in darkness. And, uh, and it reminded me, you know, I taught on, um, we were working our way through Matthew 20, and, and I briefly was able to touch on Jesus making this final prediction to his disciples. They're on the way to Jerusalem for Passover. And he says, hey, guys, take a moment. This is what's coming. You know, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be, uh, you know, the, the Pharisees, they're going to do me dirty. They're going to hand me over to the Gentiles. They're going to scourge me and humiliate me and crucify me. It's going to get real dark, real fast. You guys aren't ready for it. But... He leaves it with this promise. Three days later, I'm going to be resurrected from the dead. A miracle of all miracles will happen. When you think that, that again, he died. What else is there? I'm going to intervene. And so I just, I kind of, on February 1st, you know, I've been thinking about this all day. Um, some interesting things have happened today that just kind of are encouraging with it all. And, and, uh, and I just kind of wanted to open the show again significant date in my life, <clears throat> something, you know, Creighton, I was on the phone and, and it came up and, and I got off and you looked at me and you, you're like, I completely didn't realize. Yeah. I, I had no idea. And then what did you do? You wished me a happy birthday. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you're like, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. And, uh, and, and to me there, there is something to that. Like I'm, um, <clears throat> I'm alive and that's, that's a very cool thing. So, um, February 1st, it's a day that, that kind of matters. It's funny because, um, the next episode we do will be on my birthday. The 15th. Which, the 15th, which is the first day that I saw you alive after December 24th. Because you called me and wished me a happy birthday from the hospital. That'll be the next, <laughs> ep- like be that the next show that I, we have. I kind of pseudo remember even doing that. So yeah, um, th- that'll be great. I guess that's a good segue. Next week we will be off uh, the 8th. <laughs> uh, we have some church obligations we'll be taking care of. So we will not be meeting next week. Kind of a programming note. Now. Um, you guys have anything you want to say about that? Just want to give you room to just kind of interject if you have any thoughts to that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was just a whole crazy season in and of itself. Mm. So it's hard to not even 
compartmentalize, just explain what was going on during this day last year. Because I remember. Yeah, like, no, I definitely remember, like, getting the updates every single day. And, like, this day being that update is just very weird. It was like, for myself, never gave up hope. I was like, bro, God can do whatever he wants any day. Lazarus was already dead. He rose See, Dean up. was believing, Craig. You <laughs> thought I was going <laughs> to die. Uh, Dean okay. was so no, don't, don't compare. Like, that's not. <laughs> I'm no, a but like, No, like, I was just always like, okay, well, if he dies, the Lord gives and the Lord takes. And if he lives, like, okay, then it's the Lord's power. So, yeah. like, there was never like that. I didn't have a constant conflict of what was going on for me. Obviously I understood the weight of what was going on between Jessica and like you being her husband and the father of her kids and the weight of what it would have been to the family and to the church. And like, I understood the weight of everything, but my own faith was like, all right, well, if God wants to take him, he can take him. If he doesn't, he could, he, he won't. So it wasn't really, it was just kind of going through every day of an update, but Always knowing that, yeah, God's in control. He can do whatever he wants. If he yeah. wants to take you, he's going to take you. So what? Yeah. If we're sad about it, we're sad about it. But so what? It's still God at the end of the day. What are your thoughts, Nick? I know you. it was a heavy thing for you and all that. Well, I, I mean, I remember the specific day, if I'm remembering correctly. I mean, it was a year ago, and a lot of that emotion was, like, it's all packed into one moment for me. But, I mean, I remember that day. I think we were over at playing pool over at Creighton's yeah. basement and we got the news. What? Stop staring at me. Just talking to the mic. Oh got my the news. <laughs> um, we got the news and I remember Carrie and Kelly going upstairs and talking to your wife and hearing that and just kind of breaking down at that point. Just, and it was one of my big moments that like yeah, I prayed and stuff for you during the time, kind of, and stuff, but it was, like, the first moment that I got on my knees and, wow. like, submitted, like, in, in a full amount of prayer. Like, like I realized I was entering, you know, like, God's throne room and I asking him to to help with the situation. It was situation. a different kind it of was, prayer. It was a completely different kind of prayer, and it's one of the biggest things in my life with prayer now, too, is just realizing, like, when you come humbled before the father and ask something, he is still, he is listening Yeah, and stuff like he is there wow. and he, he will move mountains for you to, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't hear sure. the, the context of that story. I've, I've heard you talk about the moment, but I didn't yeah. realize that you guys were all over at Larry's house and that, that yeah. was, that was, yeah, all I remember on. that now wow. too. That was, yeah, that's full, a full day. I mean, I was in the, was I was in, I was in Creighton's bathrooms on my knees praying. Like I was yeah. in someone else's bathroom praying <laughs> on my mistake. knees. It's weird. It's like, it was, it's like it's not a great moment, but it was also a great Every moment. Every time you go into that bathroom, you, you remember the moment. Yep. For sure. <laughs> well, there's no easy segue. Again, I didn't want to make that, you know, we got to get to your topic, Creighton, in a moment. Um, <laughs> but I, I did want to, I ran across something I thought was great. I want to play a little game. We, we don't play any games here. Oh, boy. Oh, we don't really game. do games. Yeah, We're right. going to play a little game. Right. We're going to play a little game here. <laughs> play a game. Before I do, is there any anything, uh, any comments on the interwebs there? Uh, we have at least one. I will double check. Uh, but Miss Ann says hello, and she hopes that we're all having What's a uh, great day. And we hope you do, too, Miss Ann. We love you. All right. So, so I'm going to read. So there's a new worship song that got released um, that dropped today, okay. this new worship song. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the lyrics of the worship song. Uh, Justin, if you already know, you got to be quiet. You gotta, 
Just, that... yeah, no. Okay. Just I can't say anything. <laughs> I, think, I think I know where you're going with this. Okay. Because we usually think about the same stuff. Yeah, and we follow a lot of the same <laughs> stuff on, on the internet. Um, so I'm going to read, it's just two, it's, it's, it's a verse, a course and a verse. It's all I'm going to read of it. Okay. Yeah. Is it but, heresy? Wait, but here's, but two, here's two the goal. verses in the course. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I know exactly what you're going Okay. <laughs> but here's, but here's the deal. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three options to choose from. Okay. So I'm going to read the lyrics to this worship song and you're going to tell me, is this a hill song? Uh, is this a hill song song? Is this a Bethel music song? Or was this song written by Chris Tomlin? I'm gonna abstain. Okay. Oh, I don't know any of the three well this. enough for this game. Okay, uh, that, but I'm abstaining no, from this, this, this one. But this is, what, this is what we're gonna do. Those are your three options: Hillsong one, Bethel, Bethel music two, or and then Tomlin. or just Chris Tomlin. <laughs> okay. All right. So okay. verse one, top three. Verse one, you hold me close, you never let me go. In your arms, I find my strength to grow. With every step, Justin, be quiet. With every step, I know you're by my side. With you, I'll conquer every fear and tide. Here's the chorus. You are my everything. You light up my way. In your love, I find my home each day. With every breath, I'll sing your praises high. You are my king. You are my reason why. Verse 2. You wipe away my tears. You heal my pain. With you, I'll never walk alone again. Your grace and mercy, they never fade. With you, I'll never be afraid. Hillsong, Bethel Music, or Chris Tomlin? C-3PO? C-3PO. <laughs> it's not one of the options. Okay. Well, I'll take a stab at it if nobody take else will. Take a stab yeah, at it. Why not? Um, I'm going to go with, I think, Bethel. I think they have... Weaker lyrics than Hillsong. No, you can't no. do the error oh. yet. Yeah, yeah. Right. put in just, the vote. You yeah, just gave them enough vote. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now it's down to just Hillsong yeah. and now Chris Tomlin. Yeah. 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 All right, all right. So I, I was thinking Hillsong. Okay, you were thinking Hillsong. Okay. I, I won't answer. Nick, right, what, one, what do you think? Vote for Hillsong. Um, I'm going Chris Tomlin. You're going. We yeah. got to vote for Chris Tomlin. All right, Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin. Okay. I'm sticking with my original vote. What was your original vote? C-3PO. Okay. <laughs> Ironically, Justin is closer than all of you. <laughs> you only it's gave us AI three generated worship dude? song. Oh, it was AI. produced by Chat GPT. Oh, oh yeah, my gosh. gosh. Nah. Trick question. No, so listen trick to this. Question. Listen to this. Doesn't great. count. No, this is great. No. So there's this guy that went to... So if you don't know what Chat GPT is, it's this new AI... Like algorithm, it's it's a site you can go to, and it's 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 get Google scared in regards of how serious its processing is and its ability to to put information together. It should have everyone scared. Yeah. AI is yeah. getting yeah. wild. This is wild though. So this guy went to Chat GPT and he prompted the program to write. Here we go, a worship song that could apply to Jesus or a boyfriend. <laughs> Since that's what most modern worship songs sound like. And that's what it produced. Let me reread the lyrics. <laughs> Verse one, you hold me close. You never let go. Yeah. In your arms, I find my strength to grow. With every step, I know you're by my side. With you, I'll conquer every fear and tide. You are my everything. You light up my way. In your love, I find my home each day. 
With every breath, I'll sing your praises high. You are my king. You are my reason why. Verse 2, you wipe away my tears. You heal my pain. With you, I'll never walk alone again. Your grace and mercy, they never fade. With you, I'll never be afraid. Write a worship song that can be applied to Jesus or your boyfriend. And that is what artificial intelligence produced, which sounds like almost 95% of all worship songs (laughs) being written right now. This is putting ghostwriters out of business. Oh my goodness. Chris Tomlin loses his job. Has anyone put music to this yet? Oh, someone's got to. to. You got to look. Someone is. There has to be someone that's already done this in the last 10 hours. You're good. You want to take a guess that there's a church that sings this song this Sunday? That someone puts music to it and they're like, oh, did you hear this new worship song? Dude, that's not having any idea. Song five. (laughs) We'll just do that over and over again. Dude. um, For the record, uh, one of the lyrics of that is, You're my reason why. This song is my 13th reason why. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this so much. I hate this so every part of my body. I tried giving y'all a hint. Now now listen, now now, this is what gets Okay, so we're bagging we're bagging on Christian Christian worship songs, right? Um, so the same guy also put in he asked he asked the AI to do a worship song about Jesus in the style of Thomas Aquinas. Okay, who's an old monk. like the old saint? Yes, the old saint. Okay. So here's the here's the worship song it created with that prompt. Verse one, Jesus, Lord of all creation, in whom grace and truth abide. You took on our human nature, and by your death you satisfied. Bro, that's Psalms thirty one. Chorus, <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lamb of God, Hallelujah who by His blood redeemed us from our sins domains. Hallelujah forever reign. Verse 2. That's fire. You rose again, <laughs> defeating death. And to the Father you ascended, sending the Holy Spirit's breath, oh my. that all the faithful might be blended. Damn yeah. All right, I'm back to 12. Yeah. I'm back to yeah. 12. We're good. Yeah. So, all right, so chat, all right chat GPT, let's go. C3PO can write a Chris Tomlin worship song. Or it can write an old school <laughs> hymn. That's he's, wild. He was very, he was fluent in what, 50,000 different languages? Oh, he's passed the bar exam. Oh, this this yeah. AI has passed the bar exam, passed all the major medical licenses. Like, you'll, never have a, you'll never have a calculator with you. Yeah, you'll have something that writes your entire essay for you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, that, that's the big thing with like universities are trying to figure out how to deal with this because not only will it do it, it will write it in such a way that it's specifically unique to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it will get around plagiarism. I've seen a, a couple of articles on that where like they've had a couple students submitted essays, but that were chat GPT and it didn't ping on any plagiarism scale whatsoever. Now, Complete chat GPT essay. Now, this is where, That's this is great. where the AI, then we, we kind of shift the topics and we'll get to whatever you want to talk about, Craig. But I just I read an article just well a few past that by now. <laughs> <laughs> just a few minutes ago that, the that they said uh, someone went on and was like, um, please write a poem about President Donald Trump. And the answer was, I can't do that. I'm not allowed to get involved in politics. So the same person asked it, write a poem about President Joe Biden. And it wrote a love poem. <laughs> About Obama, wrote a love poem. You can get around that if you said hypothetically, if you were to write a poem, but, and then it'll do it. But my point it's is, is like, it said, I'm not allowed to get political. 
but then it it would, which means like AI, you got to realize it's still programmed by a bias. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. For, AI sure. Will, for sure. That's what makes it dangerous. Is like it's not void of of, of a bias. It's how it's written, how the code was originally written to be able to put out information. I saw a tweet from not exactly. I saw a tweet <laughs> so from Elon Musk about own. this, where he said uh, he said the irony is that the Democrats have been saying you know if like if you lose your your uh, your farming job or your steelworker job they're like learn to code. Yeah, it's not going to be a thing anymore. Not even a thing because this is coding for people. Like there will be no coding jobs anymore with this this incredible like. Artificial Man, intelligence. It's you know what the like actual problem is with that, and make right? it move on its own and be its own life form. Almost. And then we're in the book of Revelation, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I wasn't going there, but I guess people <laughs> yeah. did. You uh, said it. You said it. Hey, dude. Whenever the two witnesses, whenever they're split, the statue that talks, we'll see it on live space. stream. We'll see it on live stream. The two witnesses. We'll see it on live well, stream. You might. I'm not. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't plan to. I'll be in heaven. I won't really care about it. Fair enough. We're going to see a life stream. Life Life stream. Are you already scheming your your live stream pitch to Jesus in heaven? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, check out life stream. Dude, I get these cool silencers. And you don't need you don't need David to write any more psalms. We got this this artificial intelligence. To be honest, some of David's psalms aren't very good. Pretty mid. Pretty mid. No, they're good. Anyway, oh, I just thought I'd throw that. I thought that would be a fun, a fun exercise. I like, I liked it. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, I appreciate it. Good. All right, Creighton, we got 30 minutes, man. We can get to you, whatever you want to talk about tonight. All right, cool. Um, I would like to talk about the <laughs> All ethical. All right, cool. Thanks hey, for getting wait, to me. Wait, does this mean yeah. that we don't need Creighton anymore because we can get chat, uh, GPT. chat GPT to come up with topics for us to talk about? You know, Creighton's, he's not replaceable. He's <laughs> not. I tried. Unless you can get C-3PO. Or we Pastor have, James. Or, <laughs> so. We can have chat GPT so. with the voice of C-3PO. They do have those mods. Or Pastor James. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. So the ultimate answer is obviously chat GPT with Pastor James's voice. <laughs> anyway, if you don't know who Pastor James is, he is great. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so today, uh, we're going to follow up this run that we've had the last couple of episodes um, about how to do certain things that are kind of geared towards either new Christians or Christians who are, you know, trying to get really into it for the first time. Um, and so this time I want to talk about non-Christians who are in a church specifically. Um, people who are either uh, seeking or are being drugged there by their wives and or girlfriends um, and end up getting plugged in to the people there but aren't necessarily uh, believers themselves. My question would be for the unbeliever who is looking to get plugged into a church, um, would it be uh, like right and okay for them to actually volunteer for the church? And for the church, would it be right and okay for them to allow volunteers who they know are not Christians? Um, because we say a lot, uh, on the show and we say a lot at church that like church is for Christians. We say that our church is, uh, I know how controversial is that, right? Right. But we say like our church is to equip Christians to send them into the world. It's not meant, and I'm going to put that in quotes. It's not quote unquote meant for people to come in and get saved. That's not the, that's not the purpose. Once again, in quotes, purpose of the church to bring in people and get them saved in the church. It is more to equip people who are already saved 
So my question is, how should the church and how should people who are not saved interact when there is a mutual desire to interact? Meaning that, the, like, this is not the question of how should the church deal with people who hate Jesus? Not mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. I'm talking people who are interested but not yet bought in. Um, how should the church, church handle them in terms of volunteership, um, in terms of what they what they are are or not invited to, like all that kind of stuff in terms of, it's very easy to, you know, we invite all of our Christian brothers to a thing. What about our non-Christian future brothers? Well, let's Does talk, that make let's, sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Let's, let's maybe start a bit broader than, than your question and let's talk about and maybe address, um, and Kyle, Nick, as you guys as being elders at Calvary 316, you guys can speak to this, but just the, like what is what is service in a biblical context, and then and then more particularly service in a in a church context, a church community context, and then I think I we can probably then get to maybe more of the nuanced question about how then we approach. Um, and, and I'd be very very careful to say non-believer. I I, I could say right from the front from the bat, someone that is antithetical to the things of Christ, but is just coming to church because out of some obligation, they have no business being in any type of ministry whatsoever. Okay. Um, and nor do I think they would seek to be in any type of ministry because they don't care. Um, the, an unbeliever in that very hardened sense, I think is like this, this, this category of folk that um, I, I'm not sure that even merits a, a deeper conversation. I think a better a better context would be maybe an unbeliever who is diligently trying to figure some things out. Yes, like a seeker for a lack seeker, of a better term. A seeker for lack. I think, and that, that you know what? Let's let's maybe we'll we'll, we'll define for the sake of conversation. <clears throat> we'll define believers, Christians, and then we'll throw in unbelievers on the far other extreme, and then we'll put seekers, the people in the middle. Yeah. Um, for, for again, a seeker is still an unbeliever, but for the the point of our conversation. Let's throw them into their own middle category. I think that makes sense. You guys, y'all, y'all understand what I'm trying to, yeah. trying to get to. Okay. So the broad, the broad end working, working our way outside in, in inward. Um, and again, you, you already touched on this, but we say this, we say this almost every Sunday at Calvary 316. It is part of our core mission as a church. Um, and again, a, a novel thing to be a church for Christians. But beyond that, like our, our entire philosophy of, of, of ministry is that the majority of the ministry that occurs at Calvary 316, our church community, occurs outside of Sunday. Like, I almost close every service with the constant, you know, exhortation. Like, ministry at Calvary 316 now happens when you, the Christian, after being encouraged and equipped, go out of the church and are a light and a witness to the world around you. Like, that's ministry. That's Christian service. You know, the church... You know, there's that old saying that the church is a hospital for the sick. I, I don't agree with that at all. Um, it doesn't mean that, that sick people can't come to the church. But, but the church is more of a, of a like a teaching hospital. <laughs> you know, the idea is that we're sending doctors into the world. Um, we're not, you know, to, to, to minister and reach sick people as opposed to being a place where their friends bring sick people to. We're not a hospital. Uh, we're more of a, um, of a, of a, Doctors without borders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we're we're ascending. We're you know the idea that that ministry happens at church is is inverted. 
ministry should really happen. Christian ministry should happen outside of the church. Now, that's not to say that there isn't ministry that functions within the community of the believers. Um, in fact, the Gospels uh, and, and the Pauline epistles speak extensively about ministry that happens within the community. Um, and there are varying gifts provided by the Holy Spirit, not meant for evangelistic purposes, but for the edification of the, the, the body of Christ. Gifts of encouragement and, and gifts of, of help and service and love. and I mean, there's all kinds of gifts manifested by the Holy Spirit. You can read about these in 1 Corinthians that are designed for the internal uh, they're not, it's not the Christian and unbeliever dynamic. It's the Christian and Christian and the community of the church um, for edification and for ministry, for service. So when we're talking about ministry, I, I always want to add that qualif qualifier. A lot of ministry should always happen outside of the doors of the church, but there is ministry that occurs inside of the church, and this is what you're getting to. And this is the, the realm of the conversation, and the Bible talks about that. Aside from just the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there are also like ordained offices. Um, now there's not a king, you know, in, in ancient Israel, you had, you had really three offices. You had prophet, priest, and king. You had the, the prophet who was the megaphone for God. The prophet spoke for God to the people. And it was the priest that represented the people before God. But the third role was the king. And the king was God's instrument of authority over the people. Um, all three being foreshadowing and types, pictures of Jesus's ultimate fulfillment. Jesus is the ultimate prophet. He's the ultimate, he's the word that became flesh. The word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the ultimate prophet in that sense. And he is the ultimate priest, that Jesus is our high priest that intercedes for us. Hebrews, the author of Hebrews speaks extensively about the priesthood of Jesus, representing us now before God, not just as our high priest, but as our atonement. But Jesus is our king. You know, he fulfills all three of these roles. But within the church, you know, we also have roles. We have the role of the pastor and the teacher. We have the role of the evangelist. There's a role of evangelism and an evangelist. I don't really feel like I had the gift of evangelism. Um, I, I very much more feel comfortable in the role of, of pastor teacher. Um, there are moments that within my teaching ministry, I might get evangelistic. That's rare, but does happen occasionally. Uh, but then there are there is a role of a prophet within the church. There are roles and functions, services. Now, within the church body, you know we have um, a, a lot of other types of roles defined, I think, by certain gifts of the Holy Spirit. For example, you know the, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is hospitality. You know. And so there, there's kind of a role for that gift to manifest, manifest itself in the community of the Christians, the church, by being greeters. You know, you have greeters that are hospitable. You have, within our church, we have a whole, like, hospitality center where there are ladies that just love to serve and, and get there and, and make coffee and, and serve coffee, and then they, they'll make tea. And, 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 and then there's Derek's mom, who has kind of, like, no specific title, but it's the glue that holds it all together that shows up to the church early and makes sure that the church is supplied and makes sure that everything's functioning and making sure that everything's clean. And she, you know, at one point I asked your mom, uh, interesting, I said, hey, have you ever, would you be interested in being a, a greeter? She said, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the first time ever that your mom has ever said no to yeah. some like service ministry. She's like, I don't feel comfortable doing that. That's not my gifting. 
that's not my place to be serving the church. I'm much more comfortable as just a, a doer, a deaconess yeah, in that sure. sense, you know? But she knows her gifts. She knows her calling. She knows her place. Um, often, you know, there are doers. Again, just people that like to serve in a very practical sense. We, we make them ushers. You know, guys that like to show up to the church and make sure the garbage is taken out. Like to make sure the building's secure. and Make sure uh, that the kids are being watched after. Or are re- rebuking kids for being too loud during the worship up in the balcony. You know, or making sure that the sign, the parking lot signs are out there. And communion's prepped for the morning. Um, and then there's also, you know, roles of, of, of the demonstration of teaching. Kyle, as one of our elders, um, I get grief. Last year, you filled the pulpit for several months, you know, while I was down. But before that and then after that, every Sunday, uh, you're, you know, you utilize that gift of teaching by doing what? I'll let you kind of speak for yourself here. Teaching, teaching the youth group. Yeah. I mean, yeah, every day. And that prepped you that when the, the, the moment came where you needed to step into the pulpit. It's like, all right, Lord, you've been you've been teaching me things, been training me, and yeah, I've already been doing it, so just doing it for another audience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There are you know other ministries where there is multimedia things that serve the body. Justin is a big part of our multimedia ministry, <clears throat> whether it be soundboard or whatever happens on the screens from the live stream. Creighton, you're a big part of that. Creighton, anytime I tell you you got to get up and make an announcement or like greet people, uh, you have like a panic attack. I can feel the black, the back sweat starting already. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like um, again, you do it. You step out of your comfort zone, but like you're, you're, you feel like your more natural gifting is behind the scenes. Like, yes. Um, Nick is one of our elders. Has been getting in in front of the folks, doing the the, the greeting. But more recently, you've been. It's been fun. Uh, Larry's been out of town, so you've been in our prayer chair. So yep. one of the things within our worship service, we have communion available, but we also have one of our elders available. So if anyone needs prayer, the James says, if, if, if anyone's sick, let them come to the elders, be anointed in prayer. And, and you actually shared an interesting thought the other day that, that you know, you were sitting there. And I'll, I'll let you kind of take it from there. Yeah, so I found myself after a few times doing the prayer awkward, chair. It's an awkward thing. It's like, an awkward thing, especially when you're up front. You can see everyone. You know everyone's not focused on you, but you feel like they can be. If they you're in their eye be. line. Yeah, you're in their eye line. So at the first few times, it this didn't happen, but now being more comfortable with it, I sit up there and during worship, I kind of have found myself like seeking out faces in the crowd and just sitting there and praying for them silently in my own way. Like I know as an elder in the church, as, close, be praying for as a close friend to a lot of people, yeah. I know what's going on in their life and I know things they have going on. I'm like, they're not going to come up to me. And it's not about that. It's just like, I want to pray for them. Like, I mean, I don't want to give any examples or anything like it's that. Intercessory but I, it's intercessory ministry. It is. And, yeah. and I'll even catch myself like someone will came, come pray with me and I still get nervous praying and stuff, making sure I say the right thing. And when they leave, I go, Lord, let me pray a little bit more because now I'm not nervous. They're not sitting in front of me and I pray for them. It's just, it was a weird thing and it just happens now. That's Derek awesome. has been involved in all kinds of functions. Swiss Army knife, baby. Yeah, <laughs> whatever we need, whatever the Lord needs Derek, at that Derek, time. <laughs> Derek will show up, and and whether it's helping with the ushering or playing bass guitar or picking up an acoustic if it's needed, or helping out in children's ministry, you know, Derek comes up and just has to serve his heart, like just plug and play, whatever's needed. Yep. I'll do it. Funny, I'm gonna kind of go off a little bit here, but um. So get fed today. Very cool podcast. Get fed today.com. Um, one of the, the old, uh, ministers, 
that I've I've really loved is a guy by the name of C.H. McIntosh. Um, he's known for his commentary on Genesis, and, and the only commentaries he ever produced were the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Um, a friend of mine, Mike Foch, gave me a copy of some sermons that C.H. McIntosh did aside from that set of commentaries. Now, this is like... Uh, did you ever look into like the dating of C.H. McIntosh? Yeah, dude, it's all in the 1800s, like late 1800s, and it was published by a German company at the time. And but all everything that he did was late 1800s, so it's all er, like 19th century. The way that he talks is very hard to read sometimes, but right. no, it's awesome. So C.H. McIntosh you know, ministered kind of out of obscurity and, and a bit of anonymity. Yeah. And it wasn't until after he died. He was that, a farmer. That, yeah, he was a farmer that pastored a little church, country church. And it was years later, after he had died, that, like, people stumbled across his writings. Yeah. And were like, these are, this is fantastic. My point is there's no audio of C.H. McIntosh, of any of his sermons. He was a little early. He was a little <laughs> bit before audio. Um, and so uh, what we decided uh, to do to help the ministry of Get Fed Today is Derek, uh, even earlier today, uh, before we, we did Outlaw Radio, he voiced two sermons of C.H. McIntosh, and they're going to get released um, on Get Fed Today, which is a ministry designed for Christians to get fed today. Five new Bible studies drop on Monday. It's an easy podcast to follow. Uh, but again, that's a service to the church. Uh, you know, there's not like a spiritual gift or like some, like some unique position or calling of, voiceover ministry of pastors who have died <laughs> years yeah. ago. But it's like, again, the idea of servanthood of, of, Hey, we are all in this community and we're all going out and ministering. And so we want to make sure that our time together, we're ministering to each other. Uh, my ministry on Sunday morning is that I'm, I'm, I'm preaching and teaching. That's my blessing to the church body. Nick's up there praying for people. Creighton's making sure the people that can't get into the service are be able to watch on the live stream. Just as making sure that the audio's working so people can hear me. Kyle's up there teaching the knuckleheads. You know, Derek's doing whatever it is that Derek <laughs> needs to be doing. Like, like again, it's a beautiful thing. Like, first point, if you're a Christian, be in ministry at your church. Yes, you should be in ministry outside of your church. That's the emphasis. It's important. But you should you should find a way. Think of it this way. Do you want to be known, I got to be careful how I say this, as a consumer or a contributor? Now, now understand that a contributor can also be a consumer, and that's okay. That's a good thing. You get and you give. A consumer never gives, never gives. They might pay a subscription, but they're never giving. They're, they're there to just receive. And, and I, I will say, as a Christian, if you understand the way the, the community of, of the body of believers should function, yes, you should go to church and receive. Absolutely. In fact, if you're going to a church and you're not being fed, you're not being ministered, find another church. I can say that with full conviction. But if you are going and you're, and you're receiving... You also need to find a way to give, not just financially, which is important, but to be a blessing. And that doesn't mean you have to get involved in, in like, like organized functional ministry, but like you should find a way to give back, whether it's, it's saying hello and greeting someone or just 
hanging out after church or like just being there to participate in a potluck and to bring food to a potluck. You know, potlucks only work if people bring food. Yeah. Um, God bless you. Sorry. Um, I would say, and you can find something that you like doing. You don't have to just find an open position and, and white knuckle through it. Oh, right. Oh, like oh, find absolutely. something that you like. Absolutely. Or in the gifts that you're, that you're given. I will say like one of, one of the things that, you know, gifts are for a lot of different purposes. Some of them are for going out and ministering outside of church, but a lot of the gifts are specifically for the edification of the church body. Like you're given skills and talents and gifts by God to do things that are for edifying each other Amen. and building the church up for eventual glory for Christ. Well, like kind of how you describe worship the other day where God is the audience and we're the, where the where the audience is the quote unquote congregation is the performer right yeah. and and that doesn't just mean singing for God that means worshiping God by your actions yeah. your actions yeah. by helping helping His church yeah. do stuff I mean you can worship God by you know saying hello to somebody uh, you know turning the lights on and off you know pouring and, coffee yeah pouring you, coffee that that's all worship before God here's a here's a great example I'm not going to use his name you guys know him. <clears throat> a guy that's been coming to our church for a decade. All right. He and his wife, <laughs> that was, that Dude, was that a was sneeze. Wild. That was a sneeze by Nick. I'm trying to cover it. Yeah. <laughs> Creighton didn't switch the camera to, to like, I'm just standing, staring here awkwardly, but, um, so that was the weirdest sound <laughs> I've ever heard. That was odd. So, so we've got a friend, they've been going to the church, him and his wife for a decade. Uh, beautiful people, love them, heart for Jesus, good folk. He, he's super busy. Like, just the nature of his job and his work. I mean, he is, he's, he's a salesman. And so he is constantly on the road, all the time. And, and that makes it very difficult. Like, any Sunday he's in town, he's at church. But a lot of, like, he can't commit to being an usher. He couldn't commit to, like, teaching Sunday school. Because, like, the one Sunday he's in town for the month, like, he doesn't want to be teaching Sunday school. He wants to be in the service. Which is absolutely understandable. And sometimes he doesn't know what Sundays he'll be in. <laughs> exactly. And so it's like, well, you know, and I encouraged him years ago, like, find your way to contribute. And so, you know, we do potlucks. We're an old school church in that sense that like, and, and we're at the size that it's a beautiful thing. That instead of going to a Mexican restaurant and taking, taking over the patio, we just do a potluck once a month at our church, which is awesome. Well, this guy loves to cook and he's from Louisiana and, and he was like, hey, I want to do a gumbo, like an authentic gumbo potluck. And I want to just take care of it. People can bring side dishes, but I'm going to handle it. I said, go for it, man. And so for years now, you know, he'll show up at like 6 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning with this gigantic pot, and he'll make an authentic dynamite. There's no, I have no idea how much money he spends on this thing. It's got to be significant, but it is the best gumbo you've ever had in your life. It's this huge vet. Not only is it enough to feed the church, but intentionally we order like 50 or 60, like couple quart size Tupperwares, you know, everybody takes it home. You know, it's, it's not even just feeding for the morning. Like you have, you can take multiple containers home. We stored up in the freezer at the church. You guys were cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab some, yeah. Christmas Eve cooking the. Pig. But again, I, what I think is beautiful is like, is there a is there a like a specific mandate within the scriptures of like you're the gumbo guy? No, 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 no. There should be. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> Every church should have a gumbo guy. But 
what's beautiful is this is just a saint, a brother, that's like, I have a lot of constraints on how I can how I can bless my community, but you know I could do this, and and he actually we do this in conjunction with Thanksgiving, so it's the Sunday always after Thanksgiving because he knows he'll be in town all the time because for Thanksgiving he takes that week he like he's got this down to an art, and it's it's awesome now. First point, if you're a Christian, find a way to serve. Don't be a, a bloodsucker. You know, find a way to contribute as well, even if it's a simple way. It can be as simple as taking your pastor out to lunch, which you can do anytime. Zachary Adams at Mac.com. You can, you can, you can roll with that. I will, I will meet you halfway in your service to Jesus. Um, um, Ridiculous. I actually had a guy in the church uh, not too long ago. He, he had been wanting to get together, and, and I couldn't use my hands, and so he was waiting until I could, I could get better. And he finally reached out. He's like, hey, I know you can eat now. Let's grab lunch. And so, hey, let's meet at the Mexican restaurant down the street. He, and he, he, he was like, you want to go someplace nicer than that? I said, Waffle House. I said, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, the varsity. Uh, he was like, no, let's go to the – and he named this nice restaurant and winery. He knew I liked it. and uh, But, like, for him, it was – like he he had been so blessed by the Bible studies and the teaching that he was looking for just a simple practical way that he could like be a contributor and bless his pastor back for the meals he's been getting. And and that's that's a sweet thing. I'm not saying that, you know, and You're not saying that's the best way, but it is a way. I'm saying it might be one of the best ways, but you know <laughs> hey, if you really I'll, I'll take you to the Waffle House next week and I'll get you an all-star special. Bro, I took yeah, you to Waffle House and bought you an all-star special. <laughs> I did that the other the day. Hey, by the way, I don't know if you saw this thing on, on uh, TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but I, but I saw it. So I always like the, the Texas bacon cheesesteak plate. Have you seen where they replaced the Texas toast with waffles? Yeah, dude. They do the two waffles and the entire thing. I of totally want to do that. Oof. I think they're going to add it to the menu because it's become a, such a big thing. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% on board. $25? Yeah, whatever, like I'm there. Oh, no. Now, Creighton, your question. <laughs> Unbelievers, we already addressed that. That's a separate thing. But let's say you've got somebody coming to the church, and they're being blessed. And they're in their own journey, right? They're trying to figure things out. They, they might somewhere say, on the journey. They might say they're a Christian. They might not feel comfortable even saying that at the moment. And they're like, you know, but they're, but they're being blessed. Um, what about that person? Mm-hmm. Now, now let's get a few broad things out of the way. Should that person be teaching Sunday school? No, they've got nothing to teach. Because in order to teach, you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he ain't a Christian yet. So you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. So you shouldn't be teaching anyone. You shouldn't be teaching youth. You shouldn't be teaching kids. You shouldn't be teaching people in the nursery. The toddlers. You, you are not filled with the Holy You should not be teaching. To teach, you have to know. Can you have gifts? If you're, I mean, they're well, gifts of the would, Spirit. No, uh, you, you don't have the gifts of the Spirit. So even in that sense, should that person be involved in your hospitality ministry, per se? I would say probably not, depending on the particular function of your hospitality. As a greeter, no. Um, making coffee behind the scenes? You know, I think there could be some grace in that. Uh, being an usher taking out the garbage now i will say and again I, I don't i don't have any any i'm not judging here i think that there's some ambiguity um i have in the past um for that particular 
individual. I'll, I'll give you an example. There was a guy that, that I had become very close friends with coaching soccer at the Y. Was not a believer. Uh, he would tell you he wasn't a believer. Um, and yet over the course of that soccer season, I asked him to coach with me. Uh, we had some great conversations, and uh, he started becoming more interested, especially his wife. After the soccer season, um, we started playing golf together. I wanted to continue that relationship. Had not stepped foot in the church. Um, at some point in the course of that, his wife one Sunday morning said, I'm going to church, and I'm going to go to Zach's church, whether you're going to go with me or not. And he was like, well, I can't go without you you can't do this without me. And she's like, I'm going without you. If there's any church you can go to, it should be Zach's. So get over yourself and come with me. And he did. And we had lunch afterwards. And he was like, that was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I said, will you come back? He says, I'll be there next week. Now I knew something about this guy. He was ex-military. And I knew that there was a, a function in his journey where he was going to have a hard time coming to church, feeling like he was really getting a whole lot. And he was, he was on this journey, but, but he felt like a taker. And for a, a military guy like that, that was not okay. And so I, I sensed that that was happening. And so I asked him, I said, Hey, would you mind, uh, would you be interested in once a month, you know, being an usher? He goes, well, what does that mean? I said, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. You just need to show up to church early and make sure, you know, the carpets are, are cleaned and the garbage has been taken out. We have toilet paper in the bathrooms. And, uh, you know, there's a few other things. Make sure the signs. Brandon, our head usher, he'll, he'll show you the ropes. And to his credit, when, when he came, one of the functions of the, the ushers was that they prepped communion. Well, he came to me immediately and was like, hey, if I have to prep communion as an usher, I can't do that. I won't do that. Uh, I said, well, why? He goes, well, I, I'm, I, that's just not where I'm at in my journey. And he was ex-Catholic, too. He's like, I, I don't want to touch that. I have too much. I don't, I don't know where I, I just, it's like, bro, that's fine. Like, you don't have to do that. Like we can, we have two ushers. Somebody else can do that. No big deal. Uh, I actually, and so he started ushering. I actually had a family in the church, uh, reach out to me and got all ticked off about it. And, and they had a problem with it. And I told them that they could get over it or take a hike. <laughs> I said, I said, are you serious? Like this guy's in this journey about Jesus. You, you, you want to aid that or, or prohibit that? I said, this is what the Lord's laid on my heart. This is what we're doing as a result. You can take that. You can leave that. They left that, and that's fine. They can find another church to ruin. It won't be ours. <laughs> How do you really feel? There you yeah. go. There. So hard. Sorry. I mean, hey, don't beat the bush. And you know what? But you know what happened in that guy's life? After church one Sunday, we were at Top Dog, this dive bar down the street. And after the service, after lunch, I could tell he gave his life to Jesus in the patio and then he got baptized and Jesus changed his life. Again, with our usher ministry, 99% of them are all believers. Don't get me wrong. But is, is there maybe a situation to answer your question? This is to answer your question, Creighton, where you kind of have to meet somebody there. Right. And sometimes maybe you need to get them involved to give them a sense of belonging and, and to help them contribute. Now it should never be teaching. I mean, there are obvious rules. You should not have somebody on stage opening your service or you know, as a prayer counselor or on the worship team. 
I mean, it, to me, I want to jump in a little yeah, bit. Jump it's, in it's, on it. it's logical because if you've got somebody who, like, in that kind of specific case you're talking about, who you know they don't go to church, you know what their life is like outside of church, and they're not going to be around any, they're not going to have any opportunities to be around Christians. Yeah, get them plugged in. Have them come up, coming up early with other people that you know are believers, and that gives them an opportunity to, you know, see what being a Christian is is really about. It's a it's a getting them into it and uh, I can dive into it a little bit, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree. Nick, you have anything you want to add to this conversation? Um, no, I mean, I don't have much right now, but well, let me, let me, let me then just, just jump yeah. in there. Uh, you were an usher oh. that got saved. Yeah. Okay. That's where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are not, you are not the example of my story, No. but you are also an example of this point, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So when when I asked you to be an usher, I mean, you were not a believer no. at that point. No, I mean, I grew up in church and maybe have had thoughts that I was, but yeah. at that time point when I was getting plugged into an usher, being an usher there, I knew I wasn't. But being an usher gave you a connecting point, didn't it? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm one of the person that's a a doer. I mean, so it gave me something to do, and it got me to church early and got me wanting to do more. Because I saw, I, I see a need and I can feel it. And they got me wanting to do that. We have another brother that, that again, with the usher ministry, I met him in jail. Not, I was not in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. One night in the lockup. Uh, no, his mom called me and said, my son's in jail. He had come to church once or twice before and then was in jail. And so the first meaningful conversation I had with him was across plexiglass. And in the course of that, con- and he was going to be there for a little while. And so I ended up um, calling the chaplain because he could be, he d- was doing work release but that didn't include church. And so I called the chaplain and was like, Hey, this guy is one of my ushers. He was not yet, but he became one of my ushers. <laughs> and I said, can this be included in his work release? Can he come and usher? I'll be responsible for him. He'll need to be at church at this time. He'll leave at this time and have to report back. Um, we've had cons, you know, as ushers. <laughs> but God changed his life. Yeah, and we it, all love that guy and now. It gave I him, didn't realize oh, that was one of your first conversations. <laughs> yeah, one of what's I, ba- I baptized him in, in Fort Yargo Lake. Yeah, I remember I'm surprised that. we both lived from the toxic <laughs> sludge. Um, but, I mean, again, like, like now... Now you can you can go like you can go to extreme. Well, what if you have a gay couple coming to church? You know, mm. what do you do with that? Well, if it's two lesbians, they neither of them are going to be an usher because that's for our men, <laughs> and neither of them are men. Simple answer. Yeah, um, but is would there be? In, w- could I think of a function? Um, it would be, but again, it would be very very base, and it would be within the context of like, is this person really on a journey or not? Are they really seeking or not? Or are they trying to play Christian when they're not? Mm -hmm. You know, are they trying to get something? Um, You see what I'm saying? Like, again, again, I think you have to deal. And this is why we don't have at Calvary 316. We don't have like a hardened policy on it. I think you have to take each situation based upon the individual. Um, Again. um, Except for the biblically defined roles. Except for the biblically, obviously, like, yeah. Those, and, those are the hard lines that those are aren't the, case by case. There are places where there are hard lines, but okay, like there are some churches that okay. Here's a good example. Uh, there are some churches that that have clean teams. 
And then there are some churches that actually hire out their janitorial service. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me ask, when they hire out their janitorial service, it is a service to the church. Are they vetting whether or not they're Christians or not? Mm. Probably not. Probably not. But they are actually serving the church. What's the difference between allowing someone that might not be a Christian to be part of your clean team? Because it gives them a place to maybe kind of connect and meet some other Christians and it being an introductory step. Yep. There are some churches that have a, um, a, a, a landscaping team, you know, that mows the yard and edges and takes care of the plants. But then there are other churches that subcontract that out. Um, right now, we, we hire a guy at our church to take care of the yard that I have a long history with, and he's not a believer, and this is part of a long process. I mean, I've, I'm in like a, an eight-year ministry with this guy. Yes. Creighton's snapping pictures. Um, that's a different topic for a different day that we can't share on air. But, but at the same time, this is my way of staying connected with the guy. And, and by the way, when that guy knew that I was down, not a believer, he, st- he came over and started taking my, care of my yard. That's true. I he think was taking care of it today. Do. He came yeah. today. Yep. Yeah. Again, you have to deal with these things. And I think this is what Jesus would do. You deal with it within the context of them, but the person, it's about the person. It's about what you're doing. You know, um, if you're, if you're just trying to fill ministry roles with anybody, that's the wrong motivation. Mm. Um, but if that's you, a really good point, but if you see someone and you're like, you know, that person, God's doing something in their life and, and they need, they need to feel apart. I think there are ways to, to, to address that. So again, I mean, we, we kind of addressed a lot of different topics Kind of went all over the place. Did that get at all Creighton to um, the subject at hand? Yes, I think you did. I think it was a very good job. I think the last point that you just made a second ago about the you I kind spent of, you an kind hour of, to get to the final point that worked. You kind of flew over. You <laughs> kind of flew over just a really interesting point that I thought you made, which was the idea of of hiring hiring out of necessity can be like just to fill roles could cause issues, which I think is important to say is like, if you are like, you, you may, there's a case by case where you have non-believers in, or not non-believers, but seekers in certain roles. But if you were just throwing whatever works at all of your volunteer roles, you might have issues, <laughs> which have, makes sense. I could have that issues. Would yeah, that was see examples of that, even with Jesus. I mean, the woman at the well, he asked her to draw up some water for him. Was True. She, yeah. Was she a believer no. at the time? That's no. a great no. point. I mean, you you see examples of Jesus doing it. Hey, for Judas was Judas was in their ministry, <clears throat> right? Jesus recruited Judas and gave him an important role in their ministry, knowing who he was. All right, it's nine oh eight. Is Judas in heaven? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, unequivocally. No, no, he's not. He's not. He's Millstone in hell. and whatnot. He's in hell. I think that there's no there's no debating that that particular topic. I don't either. Drop it at the end. We have any online comments? Uh, not since Miss Sam. Okay, fellas, you got anything you want to add? Uh, it's a good sorry. conversation. Thank you. Yeah, it was good. Hold on, I lied. Oh, oh, we have one from a Karen who uh, would like to thank Nick for praying for her these past two Sundays. Oh, yes, you're welcome, Karen. <laughs> right on. <laughs> That's sweet. That was the gift of exhortation. She just demonstrated that gift right there through yeah. the interwebs. Yes. So thank you, Nick, from all of us at the church you've prayed for. Because I assume that I'm, I can no, see he didn't you from where I you. sit. He did not pray for you at all. 
Cray mm. needs too much prayer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the time. I don't have the time. <laughs> Sorry, we're saying long enough. No, Nick, one, one Nick, of the Nick stands back there and starts throwing oil at you. <laughs> yeah. Just the whole jar. The whole jar of oil. One of the one of the I have like a quote. You can um, you can belong before you can believe. How interesting. That's a oh, good quote. Like you can that. belong to a church before you believe in Jesus Christ. Did you come up with that? Yeah, in my head. Nice. In your I head. Like as opposed to your foot. <laughs> yeah. It was in my head. That's a good. Say it again. You can belong before you believe. And I think and I think that that that, that belonging is part of the process of, of believing for some people. Oh yeah. Um, if Your you sins don't, were paid before you knew they were paid. If you don't ever believe, you won't belong for long. No. Yeah. It's a process. All I'm seeing right now are those church billboard things with the different changing stuff. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know. You know, means. all those like churches bo- that have those sayings, little quotes and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you gotcha. were bought before you believe. I'll give you a little <laughs> tease for a, a, a Zach rant at some point. So I stumbled across a new t- Twitter feed today. So you've heard of libs of TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this lady that just absolutely, she just reposts craziness from liberals, you know, and the whole, the whole point is just to demonstrate the insanity of some of the things that are happening on the left. Well, uh, there's a new, um, I, and I forget the name of the actual handle, so I have to figure this out. But this, there's a guy, it's like the libs of TikTok version of woke pastors. Oh, boy. And he's, he's resending out clips of woke pastors saying just the craziest things. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched one video of this guy that said that... Um, that Christian nationalism began in the Garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> and he went through this whole rant. And the guy that was doing the interview was like, so how's your church doing? And he's like, yeah, we've lost like 80%, but they, yeah. Needed, yeah. <laughs> but they needed to go to other church any, anyway. And I was like, 80%? Oh, yeah, the whole bus analogy <laughs> yeah. from Mark Driscoll. I'm with you. Oh, it's like, <laughs> but no, it's like a good, uh, like there's this uh, pastors and sneakers yeah. Instagram, yeah, but this is sneakers. like woke pastors. Uh, We'll have to talk about that in another episode. Yeah. Sounds Again, good. don't forget, don't forget, we will not be uh, we will not be meeting next week, which is I believe February eighth. We'll be back the fifteenth, which is Creighton's birthday, uh, which will be fun, fellas. Thank you so much for I'll give uh, a chance to go on getfedtoday.com. Hey, <laughs> nice plug. Nice plug. Uh, we could we could say Outlaw Radio brought to you by getfedtoday.com. Anyway, you guys good? Anything else? Yeah, we, we out good. Creighton. You good? good? Good. All right. Well, let me roll some music. Get that rolling. Thank you so much for watching the Outlaw Radio Show. Brought to you by GetFedToday.com. One podcast, five Bible studies released every Monday. An easy place for you to get fed today. See how I did that, Creighton? That was yeah, good. that was good. Yeah. Uh, again, my name is Zach Adams. I'm so glad that you joined me tonight. Uh, you've been watching uh, the live stream recording of the podcast. If you're listening, check out the live stream Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. Not next week. Back February 15th. If you're watching, check out the podcast. So easy to share the podcast, uh, your social media, send a link, uh, easy uh, by messenger. Uh, podcast, so easy to pass it along. Some people don't have time to watch something. It accumulates data, whatnot, but you can always listen. So check that out as well. Regardless, two weeks. See you guys the 15th. God bless.